we're talking about the importance of our confession, what we speak out of our mouth. One way that you walk in him is as you walk, you have his word living in your heart in abundance so that therefore it's coming out of your mouth, right? That's one way you walk in him. That's one way you walk free. So let's talk about this. Go to Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 23. This is where we ended last week. So I want to launch off here and then I want to keep going. Praise God. This is so important. We're going to talk about something. The Lord's having me go in a little bit different direction than I plan, but it's, it's for a purpose. It's for a purpose. You come here, you're part of a local church. You come here to walk out God's plan for your life, to be equipped, to learn how to love your brothers and sisters. You invest your time, your talent, your everything in, in the local church, and it equips you. These messages equip you. They strengthen you, right? Not me. It's, it's the Holy Spirit, the anointing that's upon the word that it will specifically equip you and strengthen you to go out and walk out God's plan for your life. He has no plan for you to be defeated in any way. Amen? So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, it says this, let us hold fast, that word means to seize hold of something. What are we to seize hold of? The profession of our faith without wavering. Why do we do that? And this is the key to your confession. Again, another principle in the word of God that the foundation of it is you walking in a revelation knowledge that God loves you. That he loves you enough to see you through everything that you'll ever face. He loves you enough to already have gone before you and supplied everything you'll ever need in this life. All the money, all the healing, all the health, all the wisdom, all the business ideas, all the ministry ideas, everything he's already went ahead and provided that for you. Why? Because he loves you so much. And then he's given us his word and he says, guys, you hold fast to the profession of your faith without wavering. That word profession is the Greek word, many times it's translated confession, but it's the Greek word as we said before, and as we'll say many, many times again, it's the Greek word homo logeo. It literally means to say the same thing. That's what that Greek word means. In other words, God is saying, I want you to seize hold of saying the same thing that I say. In other words, he wants you to seize hold of what you're speaking and only speak what he speaks. Doesn't matter how you feel. What matters is what you believe. What matters is the word of God in your heart because the Bible says all things are possible to him who believes right? The Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Bible says he always gives me the victory. He always causes me to triumph. He meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory. He sent his word and healed me. He himself 
bore my sickness, carried my pain so I don't have to. And with his bruise, I am healed. I have to hold on to that. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what I see. I am moved only by what he says. He is my Lord. He is my life. This is not part of my life. This is my life. Church is not part of my life. It is my life. I'm telling you, how you walk out, how you show the action of the love of God is by being a doer of the word. How God knows that you love him is because you do his word. And the Bible says, it says, if you will just keep my word, I will come and my father will come and we will manifest ourselves to you. That's revelation knowledge of the word of God. What does that mean? Well, faith comes by hearing, by gaining revelation knowledge of the word of God. It equips you to walk like Jesus walked on the earth. Expect, see this thing, we're not, this is not some little religion right? This isn't, oh, you know, if you do this and you're good enough, God may look down. No, 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 no. He's already given you everything. And you're to hold fast to the profession of your faith without wavering. I hold fast to say only what he says. I, how do I hold fast? I give his word first place in my life. I give it my undivided attention. I keep it before my eyes. I never let it depart out of my mouth. I keep it in the midst of my heart. I keep perverse lips far from me. What's a perverse lip? It's saying that you can't do or can't have what he says he's given you and what he says he, that you can do in him. Right? So that's how I keep the word of God. That's how I seize hold of it and I fix my eyes on Jesus so I don't come we become wearied and faint in my mind. And I walk in the strength of God. I walk yielded to the love of God constantly. I'm, I'm strong enough and sensitive enough now because I'm at rest. I'm not moved by anything outside. So now I'm led by the very spirit of God. And I walk by the faith of God. That's why, is it because I'm a special believer? No. That's how we walk as Christians. We love the unlovable. We're able to love people that are trying to hurt us. Because we know, listen, nobody could take me out. Nobody could hurt me. Because I'm, I'm gaining everything from you. You are my life. Right? So I could love, I could, which is the greatest power in the universe. It opens a door for me to walk in the wisdom of God. It, it, it causes me to walk by the faith of God so that I walk in all the blessings of God. Hold fast. We hold fast because at the end of this verse, for he, right? He who promised us is faithful. Is faithful to what? To perform Everything that he said in his word. If he said he'll meet your needs, he, he, that's already yours, he'll meet it. If he said the blessing of the Lord will make you rich, that, that word rich literally is a full and overflowing supply of finances. And he adds no sorrow to it. 
That means there's no toil. It means I don't got to work 90 hours a week to try to make this happen. No, as I just sow, as I sow in, the, in heart, in, in just as he leads me, then God harvests into my life. And as I sow, it comes back one way. 30, 60, 100 fold, it comes back good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Why? Because everything in God increases. But here's the cool thing. As I walk in this blessing, it never has me. Because there is no materialistic thing in this world that I will ever seek. Because he is my everything. Only he can satisfy me. Right? So because, because nothing has me, then I'm free to just sow. As he, as he sows into my life, I harvest into other lives. Wow, that's God. So we have to, in order to do this, you've got to humble yourself. You're going to have to humble yourself. What do I mean by that? You're going to have to throw your flesh on that altar. You're going to have to tell your mind, this is what we're saying, this is what we're doing, we're not going here. We're staying right here where God wants us. We have to humble ourselves to say the same thing that God says. You'll never be able to be in pride and say the same thing that God says. You have to humble yourself to say the same thing that God says. Because many times you'll stand and say and declare what God says. Example, you'll stand... You'll stand in your house at 3 o'clock in the morning when you're bedridden and you're like, you know what? You get stirred and you get out of bed and you walk because you don't want to wake up your wife or your husband or your kids or the babies and you go in a room and you shut the door and you say, Father, I declare while your body's hurting. While, I mean, you might have to be like this or sitting in a chair if you can't stand or, what, or laying in a bed if you can't and just I declare that I'm healed. I, I see you got to humble yourself to say what he says instead of what you're feeling, instead of what you're seeing. Satan is the God of this world. He can create situations and everything that will feel not good, that will look not good. But the reality is the truth of the God of the universe's words that is your dad always trumps the facts that you see, it will change every one of them. That's not my opinion. That is God's word. The world system is going to try to program you to speak based on what you perceive with your senses. But the Holy Spirit will literally program you. The word of God will program you. It'll renew and, and just, it'll renovate your thinking. It'll renew your mind. It'll grow up your spirit so that in the midst of everything contrary, you're at peace, you're full of joy, you're not moved, and nothing can keep, nothing can keep what God said from coming to pass. The world's confused at the church right now because the church is timid. Well, you know, I'm a Christian, right? People go out with their friends and all of a sudden, you know, their spirit's telling them, man, you're not like this. You shouldn't be here. 
And then everybody starts drinking and you're like, well, you know, I, I just won't drink too much, but I'll just, no, don't, we don't conform. We don't do anything. We don't do anything because we're pressed. Why? Because we're world overcomers. We don't go with the flow. We create the flow. Do you understand that? You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Right? Well, I'm just afraid I might lose some friends. Listen, you will never lose a true friend. You might find out if they really are your friend or not, but you'll never lose a true friend. Does that make sense? This is so important. So go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11. Look at this. Talking about he's faithful who promised. Man, I've been talking about this verse. I can't get away from it. I must trust God to say what he says. If I don't trust him, I will never be able to say what he says. If I don't really believe that I can trust him to bring to pass what he has told me in his word. I can't trust him. Does that make sense? To trust him, Pastor Dave, as he was doing the offering, it was perfect. Because he said, man, to trust you, got to know. See, in order to trust God, you have to know him. Boldness comes from knowing God. Boldness is not arrogance. Arrogance is look at me, I'm all that. Boldness is look at him. He's all that. And watch what he's going to do through my life. Right? That's boldness. So 1 John 5.11, we're talking about I must trust God for me to be able to hold fast to say what he's saying. Wow, this isn't just a little fancy little church service, is it? This will get you free in every area of your life if you'll grab hold of it. It says, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that has the Son has life. Do you have the Son tonight? Then say this with me, I have life. I have eternal life because I have the Son. Wow. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. And we're going to do something about that, aren't we? We're going to show those that don't have life how good it is to have life. Not by beating them on the head with the Bible and saying, you better turn or you're going to go to hell. You need to be redeemed. Everybody's like, redeemed? What? Like it's like a coupon? Do I redeem it? No, 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 no. It's by literally living your life. I don't know where that came from. Anyway, I'm working on it. Verse 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. So John's saying, listen, these things, under the, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Why did he write to those people? That you may know that you, right now where you're sitting, have eternal life 
and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. In other words, I believe on the name of the Son of God. I have revelation knowledge that I literally have eternal life and it causes me to believe on the name of the Son of God. And it makes me realize that, wow, I have eternal life. And it causes me to believe on the name of the Son of God, which causes me to gain revelation knowledge that, wow, I have eternal life, which causes me, do you see this? To believe on the name of the Son of God. That's the environment we live in. We don't come in and out of this environment. The Holy Spirit... All night tonight wants you to know, wants all of you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Say that with me. I believe, I believe on, the on the name of the Son of God. He wants you that believe on his name to have revelation knowledge that you have the Son and you have been given eternal life. And that life is in his Son and it causes you to believe on his name. Wow, that you may believe. This word believe means to be fully persuaded, to have faith in. It's an action word. I'm so fully persuaded that it causes me to act and believe and commit to this. Wow. You start walking around saying this, and pretty soon... You, you know, you'll be walking up to friends and go, hey, Zach, how, how's it going? Man, I believe on the name of the Son of God. So how's your day going? Oh, that's so cool. I, you know, I believe on the name of the Son of God. I mean, it'll just boil over. Sometimes you'll never have to say it, and people will be like, what is different about you? Well, I have the Son. Therefore, I have life. Therefore, I believe on the name of the Son, which causes me to know I have eternal life. You know, when you get diagnosed with something and you believe you have been given eternal life, you will say, no, no, I reject that. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going down that road. Jesus is my healer. When you face something bigger than you and you're like, man, I just, I can't figure this out. I, it doesn't look like this is going to work out. You'll stand up and say, oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I have the Son. I have been given eternal life and I believe on the name of the Son of God and when I say in Jesus' name, situation, you gotta change. Then Jesus himself, his presence, his power, his provision comes down and changes that situation in my life. It goes on to say here, verse 14, now you're ready to pray. This is all a preparation to know how to pray. And, and see, we go to prayer and we're like, oh Lord, please, will you give me this? And what God does is just earplugs. He's not even going to hear that mess. Right? I mean, if you study this verse, it says, and this is the confidence that we have in him. I'm in him. Because I have the Son, I have eternal life. Well, now this is the confidence that I have in Him. That if I ask anything according to His will, He hears me. That's why God does not mess with all this nonsense prayer. 
oh Lord, please heal me. I know you do sometimes, you don't other times, but please heal me because I'm hurting. No, guys, listen, he doesn't hear that prayer spoken in 2022. Why? Because he doesn't care? No, that nonsense doesn't move him. Because it's not prayed according to his will. If we, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we don't ask according to his, hear, we're, or according to his will, he doesn't hear that nonsense. And does that mean he doesn't care? Oh, no, no, he cares so much that 2,000 years ago, Jesus bore all that stuff. He already gave you what you're asking him for. And when you get in that book, get out of your little intellectual head, right? You know how many people study this based on their little life? Well, you know, healing can't be for today because I knew somebody who was a Christian that died of sickness and disease. Really? You're going you're gonna to water God's word down to fit into your little world. No, no, no. But if you'll humble yourself to find out what his word says, now you'll know. If you ask anything according to his will, it says he hears you. All you have to know is that God hears you. How will you know if he hears you? Because you ask according to his will. Wow. So I wonder, I mean, think about this. I don't care what the physical ailment is, what is his will? It doesn't matter what the doctors are saying. It doesn't matter what your body looks like, how long the condition's been there. What? Let's forget all that. Because with God, nothing shall be impossible. Right? God said that to little Mary at the beginning of this whole thing. Right? For with God, nothing shall be impossible. If you know his will and you go to, go to your father and say, Father, it is written. You, you redeemed me from the curse of all sickness and all disease. You yourself bore my sickness and carried my pain. This is, this is your will. So today, Father, I just call for my healing. And right now I believe that I receive it through faith. So it says, if you know that he hears you, what does it say? You know, whatever you ask, you know that you have the petition. Not going to get, you have it. You've already laid hold of it now. You still can't perceive it with your senses. Hide and watch. Believe that you receive and you will have. All you got to know is, is it his will? We've got a bunch of people running around going, well, you know, I prayed, but I just don't know. Well, get in the book and know. Get the word in your heart and get it constantly coming out of your mouth. Give it your undivided attention. Incline your ears to it. Keep it before your eyes. Never let it depart out of your mouth. Keep it in the midst of your heart. And I'm telling you, it is life to you who have now found it, and it'll be health and medicine to all of your flesh. That's Proverbs chapter 4. So isn't that good? So we're talking about trust, and we've said this before, but man, I, I gotta say this again. To trust God is to be completely dependent upon him and no one or nothing else. 
I'm not looking to anyone or anything. I'm dependent upon him. That is where life begins. That's actually where faith begins. How would you get there? You start off there. You start off in your Christian walk as a child of God. This is step one. This is what we do, though. Well, let me just try to work all this out. And I'm going to try in my own strength to just do all this. And then if I get to the point where it's just not working out, then I will depend on God. Nope. God never lies. He can't lie. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. Jesus, the creator who's holding the whole universe together right now, and by the way, he's not only holding it together, he's still creating. You know, when he says something, it never loses power. They tell us that at one, the Bible tells us at one point, God said, let there be light, or he said, light be. And right now, we don't even know how long that is. We know Adam and Eve were on the scene almost 6,000 years ago, but this was spoken Actually, they do kind of know because they can now calculate it all the way back to where they call it like this big bang. Well, that's where God said light be. I think it's close to 15 billion or 17 billion. I can't remember. I mean, it's crazy. And, to, and tonight, the universe is still expanding. And, he's, and everything that he's creating is still holding it together. That is the one who is watching over your words to perform it. Do you think he could fix your kidney? You think he could fix your joints? You think he could fix that financial thing that you messed up so bad? Absolutely. He could fix it all. That's how come he says all things are possible to him who believes. You start off depending on God. And on no one else or nothing else. You don't depend on him because everything else you tried failed. Right? No, no, you start off. That's your step one. Developing trust in God, when you live like this, when you come to a place, and this is the place, it's so simple. You can do it right now. It's simply a choice. I'm choosing tonight to depend on you. Now, I've never done that before, so you're going to have to help me. Hey, the good news is you got the ultimate helper right on the inside of you. So, but I'm making a choice tonight that I'm never going to depend on my own ability. I'm never going to depend on my parents. I'm never going to depend on anybody else. I'm not going to depend on my job. I'm not going to depend on my, the economy. I'm not going to depend on the interest rates lowering enough so I could buy a house. No, no, God said he'd already give me houses. Do you see that? I'm, I'm making a choice tonight. The minute you make a choice, there is an empowerment that comes into your life. You become empowered to prosper. And when we say prosper, people instantly think of money. Guys, this is everything. This is way beyond finances. This is prosper in everything. Developing trust in God, it brings his empowerment into your life. You are actually inviting it into your life. And faith grows as, literally, faith grows as you develop trust in God. You develop it. How do you develop it? By cultivating it. 
You start walking and he will meet you right where you are and he will show you that you can trust him. My trust in God not only empowers me, but it also equips me to succeed in whatever I'm doing. Right? Well, here I am, I'm in my career, and I, I just, there's just more. I know there's more. Do you know God wants to hold you up in your field and show the world how good he is? Well, let's go back even further. When you're in a trade school or whether you're in college and you're struggling, are you going to humble yourself and make a choice? Listen, I'm not a math guy, and I'm, right now I'm in this class and man, everything is screaming that I'm going to fail this class. But praise God, I've made a choice. Lord, I'm going to depend on you. The minute you step there, now, now that means you're going to have to step out and say, I can, I can do calculus. I can do algebra, maybe. I don't know. Right? I can do this. That, that I feel like I can't, but you said I can, so I'm saying I can. I have to humble myself to say what you're saying. There comes an empowerment and an equipping by God. You're inviting him into your life to help you. Lord, I'm taking a test. I'm taking a test right now. Right? And I'm trusting you. Right? Lord, I'm a youth minister. And I got to take all these CPA exams. Right? I mean, maybe none of you could relate, but Jake is relating right now. And I got to take all these CPA exams. And I can't let this consume my life. So I'm going to completely depend on you to bless me when I study and bring everything to my remembrance where when I take these tests to the point where I declare this will be the easiest thing I ever do. And I will score. Remember, remember what you did. Man, I'm going to graduate at this time. I'm going to get what, was it the one test? I'm going to get the highest score on this test. Right? It's, it's completely depending. You've got to humble yourself. But the Holy Spirit will help you. My trust, in other words, in God, again, it empowers and equips me to succeed. Why? Because the minute I step and decide this, the blessing of God is released in your life as you trust him. Everybody wants to walk in the blessing and grab hold of the blessing. And, you know, people will sit there and go, man, I can't help out and do anything in church because I got to sit in church because I got to get this. I got for me, 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 me. It's like, dude relax no no this is about depending on him i'm here to tell you tonight that you can depend on god he will never let you down and you depending on god is not based on your behavior it's based on him so relax trusting god literally yields the blessing of god in your life it's like, you, it's like all of a sudden this crop grows up the minute you walk trusting him. I expect to be blessed because I trust God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three teenagers, they made a decision. 
right? They made a decision to stand. They said, king, this king is yelling at him, going, listen, guys, I'll tell you what I'll do one more time. When my band plays, if you fall down and worship this image that I've created, then it's going to be well with you. But man, if you don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heat up this furnace and I'm going to throw you in in the same hour. And, and, and then he just kind of said this little remark that, that egotistical, full of pride leaders do. And who is that God who will deliver you? And so, I mean, think about it. The whole kingdom, all the kingdom leaders are watching. And these three teenagers are like, listen, dude, we're not going to even think about this. If you throw us in, our God can, is able to deliver us, and he will. All my trust is in God. And if you don't throw us in, guess what? Ha, 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 we're not bowing. In other words, Nebuchadnezzar, you're not the man. He's the man. Nebuchadnezzar got so mad, had him tied up, had his strongest warriors, had heated up a furnace seven times. You do crazy things when you're upset. Heated that, that furnace up so bad when that door was opened, it killed the guys that threw him in. But their trust yielded the blessing of God. What was the blessing of God? All of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar's like, um... There's three of them. They're still walking around in the furnace. And oh my gosh. And who, uh, come here, all you magi- or magicians and stuff. Who, who, who's that fourth one? Who's that fourth one that, that, you know, he looks like the son of God. They trusted God. This is why this story is there. Jesus, of course, was in, in the fire. He's in any fire you get into. He's right there. Trusting God yields the blessing of God, the freedom of God. It's right there. And that's all over the book. The Bible says Daniel went into the lion's den in faith. That means he knew. Think about that. They would literally get a bunch of lions, put them in this pit, and not feed them, and make them super hungry. Do you know that people, a person never hit? The only good thing about it was, you didn't, this wasn't, this wasn't a long operation. You never hit the bottom of a lion's den in one piece. Because these lions were ferocious. Have you ever seen lions? Like out in the wild? Have you, I remember, I remember one time we went to the San Diego Zoo. It might have been the second date I had with my wife. They had an albino Bengal tiger there. This thing looked like a zebra, but it was a tiger. It was white with black stripes, either that or it was black with white stripes. Who knows? But it was chewing on this massive bone, and its fangs were like this big. And, it, and its paw, I mean, that's like a 2,000-pound eating machine. And you're just sitting here going, could you imagine if that thing was hungry? It wouldn't hurt very bad. You'd just be ripped into pieces and gone. You'd be, right? And Daniel goes, oh, don't, don't worry, I'm, I'm coming out. No, no, Daniel, nobody comes out. That's what the world will tell you. Nobody's going to come out of what you're in. Nobody can recover from what you've done. No, 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 no. You're a child of the king. I expect to be blessed because I, I trust God. What that means is I'm completely dependent upon him and, I, and no one else and nothing else. 
trusting God, it brings continuous victory into your life. See, many people will say that I believe God, but few people trust him. Why? Because many people have warm fuzzies about God, but they don't know him enough. So they'll make a statement out of their mind, well, yeah, I believe in God. Why, do, why am I saying that? Well, because I grew up in this thing, and I, everybody says that. Right? But the minute the enemy goes, boo, you're like, oh, why is this happening to me? The minute you get pressed, man, right? A Pastor Mark statement. The minute your sponge gets pressed, whatever's on the inside's coming out. Wouldn't it be amazing that when you're pressed, all of a sudden what comes out is, is literally you in the armor of Almighty God, under the anointing of Almighty God, speaking the very word of God, and it just freaks out. You resist the enemy and he runs like he's in terror. It's the way it's supposed to be. It brings continuous victory into your life. Many people say they believe in God, but few trust him. I'm here to tell you tonight that your heavenly father will meet you right where you are tonight. And he will begin showing you little by little, progressively. This, this is progressive only after you've made a decision. You make a decision. I'm, I'm trusting you with all my heart. And your mind's going, you don't even know what that is. You've messed up so many times. And you're going, I don't care. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm, I'm a man with no past. I'm not going to ever look back. I'm looking at you. Your word tells me that you're faithful. You tell me to cease hold of the profession of my faith. All my trust is in you, and I know that you're going to help me. And then what will start happening is the Lord will start dealing with you area by area. He'll keep you out in front of the enemy. The enemy will come, and all of a sudden you'll know. Say this. Do this. And I'm telling you, one thing it'll do, one thing, one thing he'll always do is that when that process starts, he will want to surround you with people of like faith that will encourage you. That's why God will plant you in a church. Not a church that plays church, right? Not a church that teaches great internet sermons and wonderful leadership quotes. No, one that preaches the word of God under the anointing of God, which means we put the Holy Spirit first place in the love of God so that it's palatable to us. Because the word never beats anybody up. The word builds people up. Right? Many say that they're trusting God and you could see it all over their face. They're just really hoping it works out. Well, what if? What if this thing I'm facing... What if this sickness or disease in my body, man, I've watched it get worse. And I've had a doctor eight years ago sit down with me and tell me the progression of this disease. And man, for the last eight years, it's been everything he said. After two years, expect this and it happened. After five years, right? You're going to have to let go of that. That's facts. Is it, is, is it bad? No, 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 it's facts. That disease will take you out if you let it. But I'm here to tell you that you don't have to let it. Because there was one who came and who died for you and who bore that for you so you don't have to. 
God sent his word, which was Jesus, and healed them. He forgave all of our iniquities. He healed all of our diseases. He redeemed our life from destruction with his bruise. It was the Father's pleasure to pick up all the weight and judgment, the very root of the curse of the law, all sickness and disease, and he bruised Jesus, his son, with it. And it said it pleased him to do that so that you and I could walk free from that stuff. This isn't a fairy tale. God wants you in the short season of your life to leave an eternal footprint in this world, to do things with him that you could never do alone. Don't let society tell you and deem you down, dumb you down. Well, you didn't go to the right school or you didn't go to any school and there's no way you can make that kind of money and there's no way you could, whatever. Man, we've got guys that were on death row. The lineage of guys like me, pastors, were on death row. We're in, I, know, I know of pastors that were in insane asylums. They fried their brain on drugs in the 60s, and they're pastoring thousands of people. I know that there's a pastor in other countries who got a little book from this dude who lived in Texas. It's like this little, tiny, just paperback that says the authority of the believer. And they took that book... And they have a facility that holds 200,000 people. And they have multiple services. They have a choir that's 5,000 people. How did it all start? With a little book. But that little book had in it the word. What, what has God called you to do? I'm telling you, it's way beyond what you could even imagine. See, sometimes we jump because we're, you know, we're just trying to play church and we're, we're trying to feel this thing out, but we really don't trust them because, you know, these things happened in my life and I can't understand them, right? And, and, and this was unfair and I don't understand why this happened. Or, and then if I listen too long to the enemy, I don't understand why God allowed this to happen to me. Or if, I, if I'm going to the wrong church and in the wrong environment, I don't understand why God did this to me. Right? And we start looking at the why. Why, 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 why? And this will get you out of everything. A whole book in the Bible was written about this. The book of Job. One of the most misunderstood books in the Bible. Everybody will be like, well, you know, Job. He gives and takes away. Yeah, whatever. You just told me I know nothing about the book of Job. I've never read it. And yet you're killing yourself with what you're saying. Job, the whole book, he's like, man, why am I a righteous guy? Why did this happen to me? Why is that the first book penned in the Bible by Moses? Why? It was the first book written in the Bible. And it was penned by Moses. And it told a story about this guy. And this is why it was written. I believe it was really written for us. Because the every theologian, it's hilarious. It's like, dude, you, you got to, you got to get with the Holy Spirit to see the word. Your intellectualism and listening to some of these theologians that 
yikes, right? I mean, they, they literally, they think that the question of Job is why do bad things happen to good people? Oh, come on. John 10.10 10 tells you why bad things happen to good people. Because there is an enemy, and he's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? That's why bad things happen to good people. And, and the whole book, Job is like, why God? Why God? Then God shows up. First thing he says, he's got to get him out of this mindset. He's got to break him out of it. So he's like, Job, here I am. Stand up like a man. Don't care that you're covered with boils. Don't care that you're in pain. Don't care about all this. You look at me. You think you know about me? You're saying, why? Do you understand how the laws of the heavens that I've created work with the earth? That'd be like Pastor Edwin talking to me about physics. I'd be like, what? I probably can't even spell physics. That's okay, I don't really want to. Right? I stay in my lane. <laughs> but, but literally, God goes through this thing, and he starts talking and revealing to Job, this man who's been listening to wrong people, he called them friends, they weren't friends. You got friends like that, run. But think about it. So Job's listening to the wrong thing. He starts think. He gets bitter. He, he faces his hurt. And all of a sudden, God goes, okay, what does he start doing? He starts revealing himself through nature. It's the lowest form of revelation knowledge. God is given this whole world, makes everybody with no excuse. They could see God. And finally, at the end of it, Job, the cool guy that he was, because see, he didn't know. He didn't have a covenant with God. He really thought, man, if I do good, God's going to bless me. But if I do bad, he's coming to get me. Read the Old Testament. You don't see Satan too much. He pops up once in a while. New Testament, though, you see him all the time. Right? But in the Old Testament, Job really believed that. But when God showed up and he actually started dealing with Job, Job's like, wow. Lord, I've spoken. He said, I'm going to put my hand over my mouth. Right? I told my mom that one time. When I finally had an open door, I had a little open door with her. You know, she never wanted to hear about healing. I mean, her mouth was just killing her. She's listening right now. She's in heaven. That's all right. First thing she said when she saw Jesus is, wow, I think my son was right. <laughs> I might remind her of that when I get to heaven, right? But, but one time she goes, Tony, what can I do? What can help me? I said, Mom, I go, man, I grew up with you. Use duct tape to fix everything. Put some duct tape over your mouth because your mouth is killing you. And then I immediately had to jump in and start loving on her again. But literally, he says, I'm going to put my hand over my mouth because I've spoken wrongly about you. We've messed that up so bad, we made a song. That's one of the all-time greatest worship songs in the church. It does not please God because people in churches all over the world are singing, he gives and takes away. That's one of the 74 things that Job said wrong about God, and we're going to make a worship song about it. Why don't we sing the song of Job? That when I prayed for my friends, I got double back 
God restored double to me what the enemy had stolen. And this whole story lasted less than a year. Right? Here's the question of Job. You could see it all over the book. When you don't understand what's happening in your life, when some things have happened that you don't understand, are you still going to go, listen, God, I might not understand this right now. I don't, you know, this is not fair, and I don't understand it, but this thing I do know, you are good, and you are always good, and you are a good father, and every good and perfect gift comes from you. So this did not come from you. So I'm going to, I mean, that'll get you through everything. Why? Because you start thanking him. Right? You start trusting him. That speech. Do you know, don't ever say this to God. God, why? Why? Why did this happen to me? You know what you're doing right now? You are accusing God. Don't do that. Right? Don't get that out of your vocabulary. Because when you trust him, you don't have to know how to walk it out. The Holy Spirit will help you. It releases the very empowerment and blessing and power of God. I didn't plan on getting off on all this. Guys, I only, this is only like page three. Man. I hope this helps you. God loves you. And he's playing for keeps. And you don't have to confess it perfectly. You don't, have to, you don't have to quote every scripture perfectly because it's already been given to you and your father wants you to have it. You just have to stop all the talking against it. And the only way to stop that is you got to go to the source and you got to get your thought life under control and you got to fill your heart with the word of God. See, sometimes we jump into something that God's not in, and then we fail. And we're charismatic Christians, so a lot of times we jump into it, and what do we say? Well, God told me to do this. But then when it doesn't work out, we blame God, or we don't blame God, but we lose faith and confidence in him. We, we say God told me, but what we really did was just step out to do our own thing out of his will. So if that's ever been you, now, if that hasn't been you, then you're blind. Because we have all done that. I have been to that concert. I have bought the t-shirt. Right? We've all been there. Listen, when you're there, just here's, here's your way out. Don't blame God. Look at yourself. Look at yourself. Okay, this was not good. Lord, I don't want to do this again, so help me, right? Show me. Or sometimes this was done to me, and this is horrible. Listen, even if some things were done to you, ask the Lord, okay, so what do I need to do to ensure this never happens again? Because I know this isn't your will. And God wants to give you confidence. Listen, he wants you to walk in his will. Jesus came and he gave you Zoe life and that more abundantly. That, that has no defeat in it. Right? See, we got to look at ourselves. Another thing, sometimes for us, we're the faith believers. Sometimes faith 
and believing becomes so mechanical. So mechanical. I start micromanaging my faith that what happens is it loses that freshness. And all of a sudden, I'm confessing things that are no longer fresh to me. Listen, the word, the word thrills me. Every bit of it. Like when I start talking about how much the word thrills me, I, I can't, it's so thrilling. I could read one verse for the next thousand years and be thankful. And the more I feed, the more thrilling it is because he is everything, he's irresistible. But sometimes, if you're not careful, all of a sudden you're doing, you're doing the, the works of faith but you're not in faith because faith is fresh. God is fresh. How do we get out of this? You must have an ongoing revelation from God's word, which enables you to see things. Faith in God, confidence in God, trust in God is all based on relationship. All of it. Here is the one thing in your life to love him. God, I, I love you. You're, you're my Lord. You are my master. You tell me to do something, it's not everything in here. Yes, because I love you. Why can I say that? Because I have an ongoing revelation that he first loved me right? We come to trust God through life's circumstances as we walk in intimate relationship with him. That's how you come to trust him. You make a decision and then you start the process. And this is what happens when you've made the decision and you start to go off of it. You'll go, oh, wait a minute, Lord. No, 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 no. And, and this is what'll keep you. You start, no, all my trust is in him, right? This is so, so very important. Hallelujah. Psalm 18.2 says this, the Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust. He's my buckler. Right? That means he's my shield, he's my protector. He is the horn or the power of my salvation and he is my high tower. He is my inaccessible place of refuge. And they that trust in the Lord shall be like Mount Zion which abides forever. It cannot be moved. Isn't that awesome? It's, it lives and stands forever. I'll finish with this, because this verse is so powerful. This is a verse that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would have, would have known by the Spirit of God, by the teachings of the Old Testament. I'll read it out of Isaiah 43, in verse 1 through verse 3. It says, But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, Thus saith the Lord, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. 
Wow, I wonder. See, you know what Israel is a type of in the Old Testament? It's a type of the church. Fear not, church, for I've redeemed you. I bought you out of the power of darkness, and I put you into the kingdom of my dear son. You, he, now, there's no darkness, that, no delegated authority of darkness that could touch you now. I've redeemed you. I've called you by thy name, and you are mine. Bummer. When, not if. When you pass through the waters, don't worry about it. I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you, for I am. He's the great I am. I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. It shall not kindle upon you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew those ropes they tied them with, they were coming off. They were going to be burnt off. But it didn't kindle upon them. They came out of that furnace. They didn't even smell like smoke. What is that a type of? When you come out of any battle, it will, I mean, literally, this is what you see all throughout the Word of God, that things that were meant to stop the people of God, not only they came out with no scars, but they ended up going further. That one act of trust changed the most evil and powerful king on the planet, changed the whole nation. Nebuchadnezzar said, listen now, we are going to serve the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. A whole nation was changed because of that one act. I wonder what God has in store for you as you trust him. Amen?